Outcast Island presents the 3 and D podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily fantasy sports app for prop bets. They have streamlined the drafting process and eliminated the need to do unnecessary hours of research by using only top-tier athletes. Instead of the traditional salary cap format, you build your lineup around a list of prop bets. For each contest, you need to choose 10 of the 20 prop bets plus two ice picks that protect you from any late scratches or postponed games. Each unique prop has an over and under point value assigned to it, and you will be rewarded that amount of point value if the prop is correct. For example, will Tom Brady throw for under or over 250 yards? The less likely the prop is to occur, the more points the choice will be worth, and you build your team around the amount of correct props you select. Me and Nathan have been using this app for a couple weeks now, and it's honestly brought like a whole new excitement to daily fantasy sports, wouldn't you say, Nate? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been different, especially with like the prop bets. It's definitely been like a lot. I can't say better, but it's like it's a refreshing thing from FanDuel. You know what yeah, I'm trying to say? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so it's not really just about picking players and how well they do. Right, it's, no it's salaries. More, yeah, like that's like that, that's the best part. Is like I like how it's like twenty pick ten simple. And then, like, you strategize it. Like, you don't always have to pick the more points. You can always pick, like, the lesser points. And isn't and it isn't super luck-based. Like, with <clears throat> FanDuel or any other daily fantasy sports thing, you could pick a player who's really cheap and they could randomly score 45 points like Derrick Henry happened a couple weeks right. ago. We don't expect that to happen again. Exactly. And so with this, it's over-under. It's more, it's more guessing and it's more strategic, I would right. say. And then isn't it also, like first ten dollars you put in or any ten dollars or any money right correct yeah first it's yeah um using our code you can go to the link bit.ly slash thrive three and d to you that's our code um to get a free ten dollars you deposit ten dollars they'll instantly give you ten more dollars in your account to bet there's um contests you can go in there two dollars five dollars ten dollars fifteen dollars twenty dollars goes up to yeah 25 100 but that'll give you say you want to do 10 two dollar bets that gives you a great chance of winning our my, me and nate's first bet we won 18 dollars in right. the first night mm-hmm. it's just easy money this is something you want to look into so download thrive fantasy in the app store the google play store and anywhere you can download apps our link once more time bit.ly forward slash Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, three, the number three, and D. It'll be available on our Twitter and anywhere else you can find it. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the 3 and D podcast. We're here with our usual hosts, Steve, Nate, and Chris. Yo, what's going on? Hello, everybody. And, man, it's just another great week of sports we had. Another day, another dollar. That. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that doesn't correlate with anything. <laughs> Let's get this bread. Nope. <laughs> but anyway, um, I guess we'll start off with big, big championship games this weekend, Sunday. The Rams and the oh, last Rams, Sunday. Yeah. No, nah, not this Sunday. But yeah, big championship game, the Pro Bowl this Sunday. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Speaking of the Pro Bowl real fast. Just real fast. <laughs> you see um, the Jamal Adams video? 
of him hitting the Patriots. Patriots mascot. mascot checked into the hospital this morning. <laughs> That's pretty funny. You think he's going to sue him? I could see that happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. If you really hurt him. I mean, I would. I feel like that was staged, to be honest. I don't even feel like that was real, but I could I, be wrong. I don't wrong. think it was. Because he got, he literally was depleted. Like his. <laughs> <laughs> if I was the Patriots mascot, I'd be, I'd be milking that for everything, I everything I could. Though. Yeah, so do I. But you're a mascot. How much money are you really making? And an NFL player just leveled you. <laughs> that's like, that's like not seeing that's a, a wet. Come through. That's like not seeing a wet sign in like a Target, and just whoop, taking a nice little fall. But if you don't see the sign, it doesn't mean it's not there. There's no wet sign there. You said if you don't see it. That's like there being, <laughs> there not being a wet sign. I don't like your metaphor. I don't like you. <laughs> wow. All right. We're starting this podcast Speaking off of like that. people I don't like, Saints fans. <laughs> Saints fans had a rough weekend. Yeah, did you see the video of them? Um, <clears throat> they uh, kicked the field goal to go up, and then they were all like, uh, yeah, dancing and like shit party or whatever. Yeah, and then like 30 seconds later they hit the field goal to tie it they were like <laughs> just sitting there silenced that was good that was good that's funny but yeah it's a little ridiculous to me because like they're so salty about yeah, it it's everybody says like eagles fans are the worst but i feel like every year we find a new fan base that's just the absolute yeah. worst like the vikings last year vikings were really bad year. the saints this year are atrocious like yeah. they're like trying to sue the nfl right now and yeah. saints have always been the worst saying, it just hasn't been this year they're saying hasn't been documented yeah. yeah they're saying like <laughs> they, they want a rematch. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Thomas is like, he yeah. tweeted like section 13, article yeah. 2, paragraph 3, and it's like, what are you going to get out of this? He, mm. And then he kept tweeting like, commissioner, answer my call. And it's like, yeah, it's not like, it's, it's not, not like you guys got ball first at home in overtime or anything like that where you could have won it. Yeah. Like, it was just, just stop. You, they got away with they got away with so much stuff though. They were Facts. saying that if he didn't hit him, the guy would have walked right into the end zone. But if you watch the video, if Ruby Cohen actually looked, he probably would have got a pick six on it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And then even if he the guy caught the ball, what makes you think he wouldn't level him right after? He yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. I mean, it was definitely a missed call. No, yeah, that's not that's undeniable. I would say. But that wasn't the reason why they lost the game. No, they had they had they had a lot more chances. They like I said, they had a chance to score first in overtime and they couldn't. When you get ball first in overtime, there's no reason for you not to, like, at least, I don't know, like, drive down the field and get a field goal. Especially, yeah, when you're especially the, at, the at, Especially when you're the home team, too. Mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara was talking all that shit and didn't do anything in overtime. Yeah. He, I don't, uh, he's always he, – yeah, I love – as soon as the game was over, Back-to-back back should have been NFC yeah. champions. Back-to-back, back, we would have beaten that team if we were in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Get out of here, you bum. <laughs> but – I mean, I'll like you see what you see what a good team does when they get the first ball. Yeah, that's what people the said. Patriots they said that ended the Patriots it. or the Chiefs, whoever ended got the ball yeah, first, I, I think would have won. After that, I just knew. Yeah. Whoever, <clears throat> whoever had the ball was just marching right down. Once the Patriots got the like ball first, it was just so. It's over. Yeah, like Tom Brady is just not, wasn't. Not gonna go down there and score the ball like third and ten to Tom Brady is like second and six to anyone and else. Actually, not true. They he, they had the uh, like a top five worst third and medium defense in the league, or in the offense. offense. Sorry. Like what I saw, they said the stats. I'm talking about playoffs game. though. Yeah. Like playoff Tom it's Brady. It's a different animal. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But like they said, like during the year, like apparently they were never getting their third downs if it was like third and four and more. Yeah, but like playoff Tom Brady with like his season on the line, like third and ten is like a second and six. Though. It's really weird though because it's like. 
his QBRs are still just not good. He just randomly gets big plays at the end of games. Like, he didn't have a good game. He had a really good second half. He should have thrown three interceptions and one touchdown. They should have lost that game. Yeah, I mean, he still had a, I, I think he still had a really good game. Uh, I don't know if it, I think the end of the game was good, but, like, I don't know. If you put it all into, like, he threw two interceptions in the red zone. Yeah, the one on the one yard line was really bad. Or the that was really line. bad. It was like quadruple they, coverage. Uh, they they should have just ran the ball anyway, yeah, to be honest. Michelle yeah, had two touchdowns that game. And Rex Burke had had yeah. two as well, right? Did he have two? I don't know, but yeah, because he got four running backs. He got in. He had the time. game winner, and then he yeah. got in for on in the for the fourth quarter, right? Mm-hmm. To tie it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so his their run game was really working, and I mean that's what we we said was going to be hard for the Chiefs to stop because their running game was like one of the best in the. Chiefs like defense. later on in the NFL in the season, yeah, the Patriots' run game really came like to itself. Like once Michelle was fully healthy, and yeah, they had Burkhead back and and James White too. Yeah. No. So annoying that I just feel like like Burkhead wasn't all that on the Bengals, and then he goes to the Patriots, and he's just this like incredible running back. It's because they just it's just a system. I mean, he had like kind he's of a bad right. year this year. Yeah, he, he was hurt most of the season, wasn't he? Yeah, but even when, like when he was playing like in the beginning of the year, like he's he was supposed right. to, I mean, but he he's supposed to be a lot better. Oh yeah, no, no, he had a good game. So no, he definitely Obviously had a good game. Shows up when he has to. It's like James White in uh, the Super Bowl against the Falcons. <laughs> it's like James White all the season. James White hasn't like the last uh, quarter of the season. He slowed down a lot. Uh, it's that guy. <laughs> it's that guy. He did like if you looked at his usage. It went from like sixty percent, and it like was slowly going down to like fifteen and twenty percent. That's because Bearcat came back exactly. and Michelle they started using him less. I'm not saying he's not still good. It's just they used him less, and he wasn't doing as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, well, in the Saints game, I mean, really nothing stood out other than like I know we're bouncing back and forth between no, games here and everything, but like Todd Gurley only getting four rushes was kind of weird. For and ten after yards. the game, he said he didn't Touchdown. deserve to be in the game. That he w- it wasn't that he was hurt, which yeah. is very, very, very weird. I mean, CJ CJ Anderson was the better runner at the time, and like, but still, like four touches, like that's not giving anybody enough. Time no, to but get he also groove, you know I mean? he also dropped like uh he dropped the interception, then he dropped another pass on the third down. Yeah, 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 yeah. He had two drops. But still, like Todd Gurley's been the number one running back all season. You don't just give up on him after the first quarter in a playoff game. No, I agree. I think there's definitely like, like he definitely should have got more like like that would have been a big touches. like, like mark on McVay if they had lost that game. I would say. Uh, what they didn't use Gurley enough? Yeah, hundred percent. But now, obviously, since they won, it's like oh, well, yeah. CJ Anderson. I saw like down on the goal line when they were like down by three, I think, and they took the field goal to tie it up. I think it was like in the beginning of the fourth quarter or at the end of the third quarter. I think it was actually. In the fourth quarter, when they first when they first tied it up with the field goal, it was like six minutes left in the fourth, maybe or something like that. Okay. And I saw like Eagles fans being like, "If that was Doug Peterson, he would have went for it." And like Sean McVay just like sometimes like overthinks himself. Mm-hmm. And it's like sec. It was like fourth and two on the six yard line or something like that. And they kicked the field goal. And they kicked the field goal to tie. I mean, it worked out and yeah. everything, but facts. I don't know. But at the same time, win. it's a playoff game. You got to play to win at that point. It's not playing to yeah to get t- by. Yeah, exactly. It's like what makes coaches is like their ballsy decisions. 
and like yeah like if you not staying conservative and like yeah. be being aggressive especially with the offense like that where you've been i mean it worked out at the end so it's like not really holding holding it against them but it's about points in the regular season it's not about points in the playoffs no 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 it's always about points i don't know i mean Tell like me. no like you were saying points i mean like mike was saying like like most of the coaches wouldn't be who they were if it wasn't for their ballsy plays that they made going for four and fourth down mm-hmm. like Doug Peterson wouldn't be half the court, like coach he would be he wouldn't be considered like anything right now if we didn't get that freaking uh, goal line Philly Philly play like you just have to be ballsy you gotta play to win you don't have to play to get by you don't have to play for the next possession yeah it was the um, field goal with five minutes left when they tied it up at 20 uh, I wasn't all impressed with like Jared Goff either I don't know. I just, these games have been like a wash to me. I don't know. They were exciting, but like he made like the pick obviously wasn't his fault. The girly pick. Yeah, but like he, he was twenty five of forty. It's not bad, but just missed missed a couple of like he forced it to girly that time on the pick, and like I said, or no, on the drop on third down, and it wasn't that it was a bad throw, but like he had. If you look to your like to his left, he had um I think it was Robert Woods just wide open for probably like a good forty yard yeah just slant route and he would just would have broke it yeah so I mean he still has a lot to learn I don't I don't think they beat the Patriots I don't even think it's I don't really think it's gonna be a close game I saw really after the game, yeah they were favored they were minus one and now last time I checked it they were plus one and a half or something like that so Patriots took that right yeah real fast I don't know how I feel either though. You think the Rams can win? Yeah, I think they can win. But I think the Patriots are going to win. I I don't think it's going to be like a blowout. I think it's going to be close. Do you really? I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I, I think it's going to be like decided with like six minutes left in the fourth. Like I think we're going to be like, oh yeah, the Patriots are going to win this game. I don't know, cause for some, I just like, I just think the Rams defense has played like well in the postseason so far. They have. I don't know. I can just see them like. Playing well because uh, Talib's been playing well. I know Peter mm-hmm. sucks, but like can't guard Micah. Yeah. Garden. What? Can't guard Micah. Garden. Michael Thomas. He uh, he had like four catches for thirty six yards. Oh yeah, yeah. They completely shut him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You confusing. It was really Alvin Kamara that that, that had like all the receptions. I yeah. think he had like nine or ten. And that's why. Yeah. Like they really. Sh- that's like that's what uh, I saw. Like they think that the Cowboys kind of put the blueprint of how to beat the Saints because they shut down. They just like did their best to shut down Michael Thomas. And yeah. Tried to let the rest of the offense beat him and they mm-hmm. couldn't. Well, that that's the thing. That's what the Eagles should have done was take out Michael Thomas. Because if you take out Michael Thomas, then you take out the whole offense. Exactly. I mean, Kamara is obviously a huge playmaker, but I'm not. I wasn't afraid of like Mark Ingram. I wouldn't be afraid of Mark Ingram. I mean, Kamara is shifty and everything, but I'm not afraid that Alvin Kamara is going to kill kill you. I mean. He does well pretty much because of Michael Thomas. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because, like, Michael Thomas would have doubled and he'll catch the ball wide up in the flats and mm-hmm. just take off for a 40 yard play. But, yeah, I don't know. I could see. Because I know Tom Brady gets rid of the ball so fast. So, like, I'm a little worried that Aaron Donald might not have the biggest impact in this game. But the Patriots seem to have been, like, run heavy so far. Oh, yeah. They ran, so, I think they ran the ball, like, 40 sometimes. Yeah. And uh, I think, like, having Sue and Donald in the middle and then having Brockers. Michael, yeah. All those that'll, people, defi- like, that'll definitely help. But I think it's going to shut down their own game a little bit, and then Patriots might have to play a game that they didn't really plan on playing. See, I, I think I think Belichick's actually going to prepare for a game like that, uh, where, like, 
you've seen the Patriots this, these past two games have gone really run heavy, like with um, against the Chargers and against the Patriots, uh, Chiefs. Chiefs. Chiefs yeah. I think Belichick sees that Sean McVay's picked that up and like sees the monsters on the inside, and I think he plays a game where Tom Brady just picks the secondary apart. That's that's what I think is gonna happen. Yeah, if he just does a bunch of short stuff, and it's I, gonna work. But. Yeah, I just don't. I don't trust Jared Goff to win a Super Bowl right now. I don't know. See, like, I, I just have this weird feeling that it's just gonna happen. Like, really? Because their offense was so dynamic in the beginning of the year. And I know they it hasn't been as dynamic since they lost Cup, and it's just been slowed down. But I don't like that offense. Like, obviously showed that it can put up like thirty five points a game for a little while. Yeah. And I like the Patriots' defense still isn't good. So it's, that's, like, it's not anything special, but like when I when I put up like the the merits against each other, like the the, the two teams, I see a bunch of players on, with so much experience and coaches, and then an inexperienced team, which was what it was last year too. But it's also like I don't know, like this team's a young, the Rams are a young team. They have a young quarterback. I just really don't want to do anything else. I think he <laughs> is. And, like, I, I just don't – is there even, like, a argument against Tom Brady not being the, like, best quarterback ever? No. Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, I don't know. Like, if you look at the numbers of how he's played in these games, like, people just act – like, like he's getting so lucky on a lot of this stuff. Like, like when the that one Julian Edelman catch was it against the Falcons when he like fingered mm-hmm. it from an inch off the ground and like the D Ford play like you wouldn't even be in the Super Bowl right now if D Ford wasn't a foot and a half off sides like he gets like a lot of like he seems to like be one of the luckiest quarterbacks of all time like when he just like with the plays that happen around him like I don't know I like it's like so weird like if you just look like look back at it like one like mishap by the other team like really just changes the whole game but it's, it's like it's happened to him twice too like how though what do you mean the david tyree catch yeah that was crazy and the manningham catch on the sideline i mean that was kind of i mean i think the tyree catch was more outrageous than the manningham and the west walker the west walker well, the manningham catch is on, unreal on the sideline yeah. in between double coverage and i mean he has to get both he has to tiptoe it I mean that's a one of the best catches in like like Super Bowl history. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like he has a lot of luck on his side. Like I just if you like, there's so many numbers that you can look at that just show like like Tom Brady's like playoff pass ratings worse than Mark Sanchez's and Blake Bortles. Like he just never has a good pass rating. Like he just kind of gets lucky with it. Like I don't know. It's so weird because he's so talented. Like I'm not gonna deny that, but I just have like I just feel like if you were to put like Aaron Rodgers on this team that they would have been way way better personally. Really? I just think I think Aaron Rodgers is way more skilled and I just think I think it's Belichick who's really controlling everything. I don't know. I think you could win more with Tom Brady than you can with Aaron Rodgers. I agree. But how though? I just feel like I feel like I think Aaron Rodgers but Aaron Rodgers had has had just as many opportunities as Tom Brady, especially with the weapons but he's he had. Hasn't had Bill Belichick. Yeah, but like, there's only so. I don't like, like. I don't like the. I think Belichick is really. Oh uh, yeah, no, he's the best coach ever. But I don't like the. The coaching does not. Open up. Make you make perfect passes. But he hasn't even making that great of passes. I mean, in, in his career, in his postseason career, he really has. He make he throws some darts. 
some darts, but then some passes are really bad. Like yeah, but that's that's everyone though. Like if you look at the numbers, like I just think I just think Rogers has had just as many weapons, just as many opportunities in his career than as Brady. And he it just, wouldn't, it sometimes he just work. chokes. I don't think it wouldn't work Aaron Rodgers and Bill Belichick. I don't think that would work. Like that dynamic would have worked. This is Tom Brady and him are just like the, like the way they work together is just. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think he's the best of all time, obviously because of his resume. But I just think he is still like I don't know. I think it's like kind of I wouldn't say he's a system quarterback, but I think like the system he's in just makes him like succeed more. Like I think if he was on another team, I think he would still probably have two or three rings. But I don't think he'd be in this third straight Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, like, coaching definitely plays a huge part as well. But, like, like like I said, like, coaching only can put you in the right position. You have to make all the plays. So right. Like, that's, that's, that's my, that's my I thing. I still think he's getting I so think lucky with some of these plays that he's getting. Like, I don't know, like, some... But every every team every team on a Super Bowl run needs a little bit of luck. Yeah, facts. Like oh, like always. Like I mean, the Eagles last year. I mean, we got we got lucky that sometimes it's better be lucky than good. Yeah, but he's super like uh, this right here. His his QBRs in the Super Bowl: 54, 72, 81, 65, 67, 76, 77, 79. Like, Isn't the that's high, very bad? The highest QBR you can get is a hundred, though. And like the highest no, QBR goes up to one fifty nine. I thought that was passer is passer. Uh, yeah, but still, like it's just like Blake Bortles and Mark Sanchez, their average is um I think it's like eighty one or eighty two. And I don't, they suck. I don't really exactly. look exactly. Yeah, but I don't that don't matter. Yeah, I am with Steve I'm with Steve there. I, I don't think that stat really some, but they obviously suck. like some stats matter, like I don't know, catches uh, <laughs> catch the ball better than some people. <laughs> He's getting some I insane mean, plays called against. I don't think you can attribute his whole career to luck. I mean, like I'm a Joe Montana fan. I'm gonna say Tom Brady's better though because he's just. I don't, just look at the guy. Look at all his playoff experience. It's like it's just like another game to him. Facts. Just give me a second. Cause I have. Cause I don't want to hear Joe McGee. <laughs> I've just. Ten perfect <laughs> passes in one playoff. And and of like course exactly and of course yeah. like like if Blake Bortles who's been in the playoffs once has one good game. Yeah. Hit one really outstanding, like outstanding game. He's gonna have a higher QBR because yeah, Tom Brady has played a lot well, more Sanchez, games. Who's been the in the playoffs twice in his whole career? Sanchez brought his team to AFC Championship twice. I mean, he technically. This is the only two years he was in the playoffs, playoffs. and, and he were, I think they had a bye both times. So that's four games that Tom Brady's what? Probably eighteen playoff games. Yeah. If, if probably more. more than that. Yeah, probably more to be honest. Yeah. Like it, like this one thing right here. It's just like with if you like, sometimes stats need a little bit of context to yeah. go to go right, with it exactly. because if you just you can make a stat look like anything, you yeah, can make a bomb look like Jesus Christ. <laughs> like Brian Scalabrini's per thirty six would would be like twenty would be like twenty seven <laughs> points per game, but we Jesus know Christ. if Brian Scalabrini <laughs> played thirty six minutes, thirty six minutes, he'd get he'd get maybe ten points on thirteen shots. Like yeah. yeah all right, how about, well, here's the stat: uh, playoff win loss record. Since 2001, when throwing one or fewer touchdowns on 25 or more attempts. That is such a. <laughs> so many things that have to get the <laughs> no, it's not. Say it again. It's, it's saying, slow it down. It's saying since 2000. Okay. Okay. So, so Tom Brady's first one year, or less basically. Touchdowns. One or okay, one or less touchdowns. What was the other one? On 25 attempts, which on is 25 att- which is what an average quarterback would throw a game. Ah. If you throw less than 25 in the Super Bowl, then 
they clearly don't trust to be a quarterback. But Tom Brady's nine and six. Every other quarterback is fifty three and one hundred and thirteen. Like he all, he very frequently doesn't throw more than one touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but that's that's the like he's not winning the Super Bowl for his team most of the time. I w- I wouldn't I would not say that. I would not say that. If you want to go into the early years when defense meant a lot more, like his first say three rings maybe first two rings, the game was so much different. And it's not like the game from 2011 to now is is insanely different. Yeah. I mean, you go back then, the leader in passing yards was maybe 4,000 yards. Now you have about six people, seven people hitting 4,000 yards. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like we had four, three people. You had the most. 5, you had like the most people with yeah. 30 touchdowns this year than like in like the past four years or so. That's insane. Almost half the NFL has 30, had 30 or more touchdowns. Tom, this was Tom Brady's one of his lowest years, and he had 29. He only has uh, 15 touchdowns in the last 11 games. But the the thing is, is they have a they like he's. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. He's a system quarterback. He is, but he, uh, with that, he's one of the. He's the best system quarterback ever. No, I, I just said the a best, second ago that he's the best quarterback of all time. Like the best game like, manager ever, and I, I'd say he has probably has the best skill set too, in my opinion. I mean, Rodgers, yeah, he can, what he can throw on the run. He can throw. He definitely has a better arm, but like when it comes down to the brass tacks and like the IQ and not needing to the the, the beauty the beauty behind Tom Brady, is that he's not looking for the big play. At all times, where right. that's Aaron Rodgers' biggest flaw is Rodgers is looking for that huge play. He's trying to win the game because he wants to win the game. Brady's more methodical. Oh, I'm gonna throw a six-yard route here, an eight-yard, a nine-yard. Oh, look, we're at the ten-yard line. Here's a run, touchdown. I mean, we can say Brady gets lucky because his kicker made uh, four game-winning. I don't, I don't know how many he's made, but. Like, he got him there. I know he got him there, but it's he gets like, him down the field every single time. It's like it's like that's like someone saying. It's like someone saying LeBron isn't isn't like um, isn't great because he didn't he didn't hit that three point shot that Ray Allen hit to win it. Well, I don't. I mean, I'm not even blaming the kickers. I'm, I just think it's no, 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 no. Check is what I'm trying to say. The whole thing. No, no, I, I get that. I get I get that. And like I said, coaching is is huge in a, lot, in a lot of aspects. But at the same time, it does it doesn't. The coach can only do so much. You have to perform on the field. I don't, I just like it sets you up. It sets you up well. I I, I agree, but but like if you like look at the Patriots play, like they just give Tom Brady so many opportunities to succeed. Like you watch like the like anything, his players are just wide open every time, just because of like I think it has a lot to do with the play calling and a lot to do with just like what they do on offense because they have like the screen plays. They have a lot of the, just like the confusing things. Like I don't okay, know, but like, how many quarterbacks would have the wherewithal to actually hit that wide open? Player. If you can't hit a wide open court player, then not even not really even not hit good. him, but 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 to to actually like like I said with with Jared Goff, I seen him miss a lot of wide open players last week yeah. when he played the Saints. Like only so many quarterbacks have the the ability to see the field like Tom Brady does, and that's why I don't like that that whole thing where oh Tom Brady just hits wide open players, and it's like what's his what's his job then? Yeah, like is he supposed to hit, throw in the double teams and like like that Philip Dorsett touchdown was one of the best passes. That was solid. Like, that was I a nice pass. Good, he looked like he had to come back for it. Like he well like, he back he back shouldered him so he would so he wouldn't throw it near the defender. I don't know. I think the defender just played horrible defense on that. Play. I thought I thought that was a really impressive throw. Like that just looked like a Madden play that just shouldn't have happened in my opinion. I thought it was a really really good throw. But I'm not gonna take away all of his other incredible throws that he makes because he oh like, like I'm not gonna deny his accuracy is insane. But like I didn't like that. I, like that play just didn't look right. Like it looked like the defender didn't know the ball was coming. 
I don't know if I need to see another replay of it, but I'll pull it up right now. I cause cause I thought I don't know, what was your reactions on it. I have to see it again, yeah. Cause I I thought it was a really good, a really good throw, but um, I mean, like, who would you really match up against Brady if it's if it's not like, like so what I'm saying is if they if someone else played in in. Bill Belichick's system. Who would you like think would do as well? Because I don't, I don't think Rodgers would do as well. No, yeah, well, Rodgers is from quarterback, but I don't know. If you just had like, there's a lot of quarterbacks who are like good at just short range like drives. Like you get any West Coast quarterback, like like I don't think this would happen. But like, I would just love to see how Alex Smith would play in this, where his accuracy is great in short and medium, and he just has to throw slants going down the whole field, and then he just gets to hand it off for a touchdown. Like, but I I don't think Alex Smith would even come close to reaching. I'm just interested. I'm, I'm not saying I don't think I don't. I hate Alex Smith. I don't think he's good at all. But I'm just saying I would be interested in seeing how he would play in this offense. Here it is. See, I think he let him perfectly. I think the defender could have easily done something about that. Like, uh, see, I don't I don't know. I feel like Dorsett gets separation, and then I just feel like that's a that's perfectly led a perfectly led ball. Like the, the the defender overruns the route. I don't. I, I don't know. I think it, that was pr- just perfectly set up. Steve, what's your what's your opinion here? Brady drops back, looking, looking, sees the reset, bang. I don't know many like. I don't know. I just feel like it's obviously not one of his best throws, but it's still a solid no, throw. We'll get it twisted. I don't know. I just think like so like like the tuck rule. You get rid of that. That's another Super Bowl down. Like. I don't know. Like, I don't know if you want to consider it luck, but like, if they just gave the ball to Marshawn Lynch on the one yard line, that's another ring down. Or if they just, if Malcolm Butler didn't jump that, because most cornerbacks wouldn't have jumped that ball. That's just a coach. Alfred drops an interception. That's just a coach. That's just a coach. Yeah, but that those are those are plays that happen in every game. Like, you can look back. You can you can just. We would have lost. That's what I'm saying. But you can you can look you can look back on any on any game and say. That should, that if that play doesn't happen, we win. Like any any game ever, I feel. I don't I don't know about that. I just think it's like I just think he seems like to have like all this crazy luck. I don't know. I don't, I think more of it's more skill than than luck, in my opinion. Cause yeah, you can say if Robert Alfred picks that off, they might not win. But at the same time, he also led a a twenty eight to three comeback, which we've never seen the the likes of, and no one thought would happen. Yeah, I'm not gonna deny that. It's one of the great, just the greatest comebacks in not only in NFL history but like sports history in general. At kind of at the same time, like to counter that, he wasn't playing defense that stopped them from scoring points for the rest of the game. He wasn't playing offensive coordinator for no, the other but, team where they stopped running the ball for the rest of the, the game. No, but the defense sees how the offense is performing and it energizes them. And they're a team; they come together. They see. I don't know. When the Falcons s- were literally the number one offense that whole season. Like, but but still, he the, wasn't the one who stopped them from scoring for the next. Five I'm not. Drives. I'm not saying that. But you also have if you're if you're the if you're Tom Brady, you also have to uh, put the exclamation exclamation point on every single drive you get. You have no room for error. You have to score on every single drive. So that's just as as hard for him than it is on the defense to stop the stop the offense. Yeah. And like I said, the offense, in my opinion, chemistry is. Is like crazy. Like like people overlook how much chemistry and like like leading by example really 
works in sports. Like when someone once the offense sees the defense sees the offense is really energized and getting back in this game, they're gonna get energized too. They're getting rest because they have they're having these long methodical drives scoring over and over again, and they're like, oh, we don't want to get our offense down, so we're gonna rise up. No, no, uh, no pun intended. No pun intended. We're gonna rise up and and help out our offense. Like this is how sports works. But I don't know. We have a really. I think it's gonna be a fun Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Facts. So uh, I think the Patriots will win. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to see the Rams win. So I like Sean McVay. I like I like a young. I don't like I think Sean he's McVay. good. I don't. You know, but uh, I don't know about. I, I just can't get over their experience. They've done it so many times. I know. Like. It's still a lot of pressure and stressful. You know, it's a Super Bowl. But mm-hmm. It's almost like a like a walk in the park at this yeah. point, and it's so weird. Because you look at they had the one stat on the screen. It was like. All the combined games of Patriots playoff experience and championship experience, and the Chiefs had literally zero. Mm-hmm. They've never, no the, one on that team has been there. There's the one stat where uh, Brady's played in so many playoff games that he has like a full NFL season worth of stats. Yeah, to, like, that's ridiculous. And so yeah. Julian Edelman, it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's so ridiculous. Pretty it's, much all it's the so weapons annoying. on that team have been there, done that, you know. Yeah. Which is actually like, it's insane. No, it's 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 really like kind of annoying because like you see after every season. Like, the Eagles win the Super Bowl, half their team goes to another team because they can get paid so much. It's like, but the Patriots just have that... Next like, guy up mentality. Where it's I just mean, like, that at the same time, but then Gronk's never left. Uli, eh, Edelman never left. Like, their core players, like, have never left. But then well, you're going to have that with, like, the Eagles, too. There's going to yeah. be core players that never leave. They just find... The Patriots just find a way to replace them. Yeah. Or I mean, get rid of them I'm early. Saying, like, but Edelman and Gronk have been there forever. Yeah. Like, I, I have a feeling it's going to be, like, whenever a... There's rumors that like a big, like a Hall of Famer is gonna retire. Retire. I feel like that team always wins, and I feel like Gronk's gonna retire after this year. I yeah, he's, he's probably gonna retire. I, I just think they win just because like oh it's Gronk's last game, and it's like oh let's get Gronk another ring before he goes out, and like it's just crazy to think that Gronk is probably gonna retire before Tom Brady. He he the injuries murdered. Him. Yeah yeah, but it's just isn't it just so weird to think about though like. No, yeah. It's it's weird because Drew Brees will probably retire before Tom Brady. Like yeah. I can name Nick Foles will probably retire before Tom Brady. Like <laughs> yeah. like so many people will retire before Tom Brady. It's like ridiculous. Like just because he he's only what been hurt once in his whole career. Base, yeah. and that was when he had a tiny little cut on his hand. Like <laughs> the guys just yeah. Like he just plays it smart. Like you saw the this season how he just broke the record. He just broke a uh, thousand yards rushing, and then yeah. he went to kneel it. And instead mm. of kneeling it backwards and losing the yard, he took a step forward and kneel it, so he didn't lose any yards. <laughs> That's funny. Like he's just so he just knows what's going on. Yeah. But I uh, did you speaking about Sean McVay for a second? Did you see how uh, his hold me back guy? Yeah, that makes me that uh, that annoys the shit out of me. How Get the you fuck just out of here. Pay attention to the refs coming, you idiot. I know it's 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 kind of just like so he's he's a really good coach. I think he's starting to get up there in like terms of like not overratedness, but like people just want to just love Sean McVay, love yeah. Sean McVay, and it's like it's like all right, dude, relax, relax a little bit. I get it. He oh, he can name all eleven defensive players on your team. Oh, big. So can I. So can I. I think me, you, like, facts. Like, like seriously, like come on now. Like you're watching, you're watching. Your your job is to watch film all day and to know these players. Like I'm not, I'm not really. Too impressed that you know all these players. Like yeah, I'm really not. No, I'm impressed by like the. I'm impressed by his by his ability to to remember, like, remember the play. Like two years ago. But Doug Peterson did the same thing. Like yeah. 
He's like the poster boy I feel for like, like the next generation yeah. of the NFL. Yeah. Like coach, coach wise. Yeah, I feel like he's. Like they're putting him up on that pedestal. I feel like Pop Popovich is like the Bill Belichick of the NBA, and then Stevens is like the Sean McVay of the NBA. It's like, like the, that's how I like pictured. Like I don't know why I just. Yeah, just because they're each thing I see. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't they're both think young. Stevens is as smart as he is. You don't think so? I do. I think he's smart, but I think like. I do. I just think he has personal. I, yeah, I guess it's just not shown as much in the NBA. Like, I don't think you don't see. I think you see the NFL coaches' personalities way more than NBA coaches. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think like the reason I think Stevens is so smart, like smart, is because like his ability to plug in like a, any point guard because of his system, and yeah. they just that's just the point guard eat, system. Just play. Yeah, his his system is what the point guard is. Yeah. And then there's um, like he's just so good at play calling. Like in the playoffs when uh, yeah. He got Covington switched on to Al Horford, and Al Horford got like the wide open mm-hmm. first hook for the yeah. win. And it's like he just his play calling is incredible. Absolutely. I th- now I, I think his personal attachments to players what hold players is what holds him back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he shouldn't be on that. Te- like on, I was thinking about this the other day. How do you think the Jazz would be right now if Gordon Hayward stayed and Donovan? They drafted. They got Donovan Mitchell. Like. Like, do you think Mitchell would still be like kind of coming off the bench since they didn't? I don't get, think he'd be coming off the bench. Right away, or I don't think he'd be coming off the bench because like he didn't begin the year starting last year. He just kind of blew up off the bench. Yeah. So I, I think that would have happened either way. Either way, and then they would play like Hayward at the three, and Mitchell at the two. But I'm like, seeing how that team would be because it's like, I think adding an uninjured Hayward obviously would put they'd be. Way better than they are now. No, hundred percent. I agree too. Another fifteen to twenty point scorer. Yeah, then that's exactly what they need too. Someone that can create their shot. He's a good teammate and just smart player. That's the one good thing about Hayward is he's smart. I just I I don't like Gordon Hayward. You never did. Uh, No, because like everybody, I just made me so mad when everybody was hyping up the signing. Like they were like, oh, we just got another superstar, but. Like I can even. I would. So many I would have never called him a superstar. Yeah. I would have called him maybe an all star because he was. I mean. I just. Would he have one all star in his career? Like, I don't think he's all that. Like he's had one career over twenty points per game, but yet, like you can look at T.J. Warren, who's had two, and T.J. Warren's been like coming off this bench the whole career. Like, I. I think you can find so many people who can just roll out of bed and get twenty points that. Like, now, yeah, but. Like I just don't think Gordon Hayward is someone who's going to put you over the top, especially as a thirty million dollars player. Well, the contract is what holds it back, but. I still, I still think he. I mean, it took Paul George, <coughs> Paul George, a year or two to get back to his regular self. Yeah, but Paul George was putting up 25, 26 points per game. Not yeah, but also Paul, Paul George is also like, yeah, like what you like. Paul George is much better than Gordon Hayward yeah. and was much better. Yeah. So and just like in skill wise, yeah, better defender. Just in just in general was better. So he was obviously going to make more of an impact. The timing Coming is, back. is gonna screw them because, like, if it does take a year or two to come back, then that means their windows be like the windows closing. closing. Like, yeah. you're gonna have to resign all those players, and he's gonna be like on the final year of his cur- contract. So yeah. when he's finally playing well. You're gonna have to give him another thirty million dollars after that if he's in it. Like, if he has that one solid season, say in his third or fourth year of the contract, then you're pretty much gonna have to give him another one. Yeah, yeah. Um, since we're talking about NBA, we might as well just stick with it now. Mm. But um. James Harden had another big game last night. Sixty-one points at the Garden. It's they're, just, it's like, just like, 
we thought like we said like Tom Brady down in the Super Bowl is like a walk in the park now. Huh. This is this isn't even like a walk in the park. This is like like a stroll, <laughs> like a nice stroll in the park. If you bet on Harden scoring forty points like every single night, it hits every single time. Like the odds aren't the best yeah. anymore, but like he's averaging like. He's averaging thirty six point nine this year, I think it was. Yeah. Jesus. So Christ. he's getting a lot of hate, and I I don't think he deserves to get half the hate he gets, no, like he especially from M- NBA Twitter, especially. Because uh, there's the stat where if you took out free his throws, free throws, he'd be the number one scorer yeah, in the NFL. Yeah. That's what I was gonna bring up. But if you took like everyone's free throws away, yeah. he'd still be the the scorer. And if you took away three, three pointers, pointers, he's still the number one yeah. scorer in the NBA. Yep. Like I saw that. Like the man's just balling. Like, like you said, can't though, take he it just away. Knows how to play the, this era of basketball. Yeah, and it's like. He's putting up numbers that only two people have ever really done. And it's Wilt, who was playing in an era where it was... I'm not, not going to take anything away from Wilt Chamberlain because I think it, in, no matter what era he plays in, he's going to dominate. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. But it was a developing league. Yeah. And then... 75 a game. That guy, like You look at... It's so annoying because they have to make stats around him where they're like, yeah. he's the first player since... Since 1974, because that's when Will stopped playing or something like that. Yeah, because it's like everybody's gonna be like the second one since Will, the second one since Mm -hmm. Will, because he did everything. Like he was like a walking quadruple double. Yeah, that because like the 55 rebounds in the game is never gonna get broken. Like it's just not. That's just stupid. Teams are just stupid. Teams are getting around 55 rebounds a game. That's what I'm saying. This is this is a dumb number. We get hype when freaking Carl Towns has 18 rebounds. (laughs) Yeah. or when Kevin Love had 30-30 games yeah. a couple like when he was on the Timberwolves, but he's doing numbers that Wilt's put up and the greatest basketball player that ever touched the hardwood that's has put up and he Michael Jordan when he did it was in his third year in the league fourth year in the league with a a team that had absolutely no one really around him I I think it was Pippen's rookie year coming off the bench mm-hmm. um, I don't even think Horace Grant was on the team yet I mean. He was kind of in the same situation that Harden is Isn't in now. now. And that was like... Like, we're comparing Harden to, like, the best player ever. It's, it's kind of weird. And yeah, you're getting weird. some outlandish takes, too. Like, oh, the best offensive player of all time. And I don't think that's true. Yeah, but, like, he's definitely so he's definitely having one of the best offensive years of all time. And I'll, I'll yeah. give you that. And, like, this... I, I, you could put this James Harden up against... This year's James Harden up against any of the best scorers ever, and I think he deserves to be in their, like, realm. I'm interested to see what happens when Paul and Capella are back because I feel like they're wi- they weren't winning when they had everybody. No. And now they're winning, like, pretty frequently when he's putting up these points. And so mm-hmm. it's like, do you have him mesh back in with Chris Paul and Clint Capella, mm-hmm. or do you just have them pretty much... Like not contribute for the next. It's just so weird games. to think about though too, especially because like Harden kind of bought into the role of like being like a ball handler, but also sharing that with Chris Paul yeah. because that's what Chris Paul does. He breaks down defenses, and he's a passing, pass first type player, and it's like he's going so long without without an assisted point. That's actually not true. The yeah. PJ Tucker thing. I saw that. I don't know because he waits a second. Kind of does a fake and then throws it up. I, I would say I would say it's an assist. It would be an assist in 2K. Yeah, like <laughs> 100%. But, I mean, I just think the knocks on James Harden just aren't No, yeah, I, I, aren't I, right. I loved him until I actually watched him play against the Sixers just mm-hmm. because that's kind of how it always happens to me with every player because, like, 
No, because you're a fan and yeah. you're rooting for your team. He did, and then like, when he does, stuff, yeah, like, like when he's unnecessarily flopping, like it gets annoying. It does yeah. get annoying. But I think he's so good. But like the one play where he's like laying on the ground, he pushes Embiid's leg out, and Embiid just puts his leg back down. He gets yeah. up and tries to start like a fight. It's like, what are you doing right no, now? No, like that's just like that's a kind of like the Russ thing too. Like Russ does that stuff just because like he wants to energize. I think that's more energizing your team more than trying to start a fight. Yeah, I don't know. I just it was annoying me, but I didn't. I don't care. I mean, yeah, that's it's because it's like him versus Embiid, and Embiid's yeah, like control at the same time. Yeah, so like, and we and we don't care because Embiid sunned on so it's like and Embiid just yeah. It's like the more you talk, like everybody's gonna be going at each other. Yeah, I just I don't understand how the in the MVP talks right now is Harden, Giannis, Jokic, and like no Embiid. Like it's just it, that's stupid to me. Yeah, I agree. Just because like. We have the same record. He's top six in scoring, top four in rebounds, top three in blocks. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. And yeah, and like you look at us, like I think if you took Jokic, like say he gets hurt for five games, mm-hmm. I think they'd probably win at least four of them. Like just because they have like a really depending good, on who they play. They, I mean, they have like a pretty solid team around. No, them. they, they like, do, and we're we're actually gonna get into that yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, but like you take Embiid off this team, it's like we're a chicken without a head. It's like we don't know. Nah, what to yeah, do. I agree. I agree. Like, Embiid is just clearly the number guy. one yeah. on our on team. Yeah, hundred percent. And Ben Simmons is a great number two with Butler. Yeah, as a three. But like, I I think the same thing. Like Brett Brown said it perfectly the other day. Like, you look at us when he's not on the court and when he is on the court, and you see the difference. Like, like basically saying what you're saying. Like he's the guy. Yeah. And our team just looks totally different. But mm, more big news in the NBA world. Victor Oladipo is going to be out for the year. He tore his quad, or he yeah. tore his uh, quad tendon or yeah. something yeah. like that, which I saw That's only two weird. people or three people have ever done it like in NBA history. Yeah. Charles Barkley, uh, Tony Parker, and there's someone else, but I don't think there is. Yeah, that's what, um, that's what Parker was talking about last year when. Yeah, that's what Parker With Kawhi did. Leonard yeah. when he was like, my quad was a million times worse. Yeah, because it's not it's not free. Like I, even watching the video, like I didn't really see what happened. Like I was still yeah. He just goes. It's kind. I think it's more because because of like the camera. Yeah, that yeah. Like the angle was really bad. But they like covered his leg right away because I thought that like maybe he like broke his. I thought it. I thought like his that. knee came. I thought his knee popped out, and I was like, oh, they're covering that. Like they say, like yeah, they said like something about his knee, and but like so I thought maybe he dislocated his patella or uh-huh. something like that. But I don't even. What is that? This muscle right here? I guess. I don't know. I don't even know. Like, that's why I don't get why you would cover it, because it's like, what are you really seeing if it's a tear under yes. the skin? Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, that's a... It's a big... Gonna really shake up the rest of the East for the rest of the year, because they yeah. were the number three seed, just like... Kind Especially of considering, like, the East is already weak, too. Yeah, sure. That's just another team down, because they're n- they're nothing without all Depot. It kind of screws, uh, like, maybe the Miami Heat, or other like maybe the pistons because mm. maybe not the pistons but like the heat were kind of like in a maybe tank situation yeah but now if they're going to be like as the eighth seed then they're going to have to be kind of forced to make the playoffs yeah if they don't want to yeah but i don't know it, it really sucks i love aladipo and like that team they like me and you were talking about they might not even make the playoffs anymore yeah i mean it would be hard for them not to at least make the eighth scene because you got to think like they're gonna play a couple of really bad teams that yeah. are probably worse than them even without Oladipo. But like they're definitely not gonna be a problem for anyone in the playoffs if they make it. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing who uh, 
like steps up, takes a step up, and who scores more? I I think you'll see a lot of Tyreek Evans, actually. Yeah. True. Like in his in his like he's been, he's been very bad. This yeah, year. he's been really because he's not doing what he was able to do in like Memphis last year. So I think like with the ball in his hands a lot, he's gonna go back to like that type of player that he was last year. And then Sabonis obviously needs to t- step him. up. Turner needs to step up. Um, Dave Bogdanovich, they have Thad Young. Yeah. I love Thad Young. CJ, yeah. Oh, no, he's not on the team anymore. <laughs> Miles. Yeah. The boy. Uh, all right, let's get into our in-depth like review of like the, the Nuggets. Nuggets. Yeah, we're going to see. Denver. We're going to come up. With the conclusion, if they're truly a contender for the NBA championship or not, Nate, Nate has some good stuff to say about this. I'm, I'm I like surprised. it. Yeah, Nate, I have my Nate notepad and I forgot. Yeah, Nate gets in the car. Nate gets in the car and we're like driving. He's like, oh, I forgot my notepad. I'm <laughs> all upset. Nate, Nate, Nate did his research. I'm excited to hear. All right, where? He he said one take to me and I I kind of agreed with it. So I'm interested. All right. You want to start us down or you want you want to let Mike start? And you'll, you'll yeah, yeah. I'll feed well, off. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We can. We'll just. Instead of going me, you, yeah, you know, we'll bounce. We'll just bounce around and like say, but I've I have a bunch of stuff written down. Yeah, like so the Nuggets this year, their success is obviously result result that revolved around Nikola Jokic. I mean, it right. starts and ends with Jokic, and there's obviously been a lot of players that have been stepping up in their roles as well. We'll get to that, but his ability just to do so many things on the court as a big man, it's like it's surreal. Like we, you shouldn't be able to see that. Like. Embiid does so many things that with the ball, like his playmaking, yeah. like ability to shift. But Jokic and like the high post, his ability to pass is like, it's 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 unreal. If it was like a guard, mm-hmm. so it's uh, I've really been impressed by that this yeah. year. His ability to take over games, even when he doesn't have the ball, is what has really helped them too. Like drawing double teams down mm-hmm. the post, and then Juan Hernan Gomez is wide open in the corner, yeah. where he, where Juan Hernan Gomez is. Went from a 24 three-point percentage shooting guy to a 44 three-point percent percentage shooting high. guy. Yeah, he's been a really key factor as well. And like, it's been a nice role. It's been one superstar mixed with like a bunch of role players, role players. playing like their. I feel like they're perfect like, role. I feel like they have a bunch of like budding players, like who yeah. are like, like just like very close to becoming like potential all-stars yeah like like for instance jamal murray he stepped up in every so every way possible other than he's gone down in three-point percentage and field goal percentage but that's what happens when you get four more shots you're younger like yeah so much time to be no, no 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 100 percent. he's he's on his way to be developing into like his potential like all-star status type player which they need and like what like what's one thing that like every superstar needs it's role players you mm-hmm. need role players around you you need those guys playing their their roles and he's gotten that from everyone especially the guard position yeah, you got their guard depth. that's yeah, what i'm saying they're, they have depth there. exactly you got to start off with murray like i said he's up to every single stat he, he the the beauty behind jamal murray too is yo Jokic can play in the high post and murray can either catch and shoot or he can create his own shot. He can drive to the basket well. Drive to exactly, exactly. Like he could, he can yam for like. No, like for a, like a six like foot, yeah. four point guard. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't seem like that kind of player who would like rise up on you, but he randomly he has like like sneaky athleticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's he's a really good player, and I I enjoy watching him a lot. But even like players like like Gary Harris is having a really good year this year, shooting well, really well from the three. Um, but even. Hard. He's coming back from injury. 
Will Barton, jo- yeah, yeah, just I coming like back. I Barton. I would love that the Sixers to have a player mm-hmm. like him. To but they're, they're so deep with role players, and that's yeah. really going to help them down the stretch of the season. I mean, when when you're getting a big production from Malik Beasley, mm-hmm. who's shooting high forty percent in both field goal percentage and low forties in three point percentage, I mean that's that's your second shooting guard, and he's averaging ten points a game off the bench. That's crazy. Along with Mon- Monty, Monty Morris, Morris too, yeah. who averages ten and four in res- very mm, like Limited restriction minutes. restricted yeah. minutes. Just because of how many guards they have, like, it, yeah, it's crazy. Like it's like I cause I'm, I'm I don't really know much about him, but you and Nate have talked about him prior. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it's really hard for young players to see their way into lineups, especially when they're like winning teams, mm-hmm. and especially when there's it's such a guard heavy lineup, and like he's clearly doing well enough to where. Like he's they're they're kind of forcing the hand and making him play. Right. Yeah, absolutely. He stepped up too. Like when like Mario was, I think he got hurt a couple. Yeah. He was, was out, out a couple games. Missed, like around ten games, maybe a little less. Yeah, and I mean, he stepped up in those games as well. He's shooting this year. Shooting splits are 47, 42, 81. So it's like for a point guard off the bench, averaging ten points, shooting forty-seven percent is really well, especially two from three is awesome. Yeah, especially for a second-year guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I just this team is just, just it's just a good team, and I don't. I don't see them slowing down anytime. And anytime that's soon. been without like you guys said, like Will Barn, who's been injured, exactly. and like a Paul Millsap, who hasn't been like we haven't even touched on him yet. And he, yeah, and he plays such a vital. He's been kind of like I forgot about like Nate brought him up to me, and I was like, wow, mm-hmm. I completely forgot Paul Millsap was like being on that team. Just yeah. yeah. Like, when I think of the Nuggets, I think of Jokic, I think of Gary Harris, I think of Jamal Murray, I think of mm-hmm. Will Barton, and then. Like, I completely forget that Paul Millsap's even on that team. Yeah. And, like, and you know what's crazy is they, have, they still have, like, a Michael Porter who's obviously not going to play, but, like, yeah. when he does come back, like, in, in the year future, or whatever, yeah. yeah, that team's just – it's like I told Chris, I, like, I feel like they're, like, the Celtics of the West. Almost. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a really good comparison. No, that's what I said. That's why I didn't want – I didn't want to say it because Nathan said mm-hmm. it to me. But, like, I was waiting on him to say it just because they have the young pieces. They have the star. Yeah. Like, they have, like – they have depth. The youngness of it. Like, they have the pieces to where if, like, say, Damian Lillard becomes available or, like, a star like that, they have the pieces to where you can trade for them. And, and, not still really, have and you still have plenty of people left over to where your right. team's not empty. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. They can always, if they wanted to, like you said, add another star. I think I, I could see it happening, too. That's, it. Yeah. I feel like, like Denver kind of seems like a spot where... Like, it's not like a team like Brooklyn or the Trailblazers where they're going to have a hard time bringing people in. But, like, I don't know. It's weird because Denver's not the biggest name, but I see it as, like, a destination where I would be more than happy to go to if I was, like, a star. As a especially, right. especially, like, seeing how they're playing as well. Yeah. Right. Like, they're playing very well. They've been playing very well all year. I mean, like, they're just having players from everywhere step up and that's yeah. that's what contenders need especially down the down the road mm-hmm. and I don't know like I love watching this team is probably what I'm trying to say right and, and I, if it's not definitely like a championship team this year in the future definitely like 100% like yeah yeah I mean even when they've so when you're in the west who you're really trying to match up against is you're looking to beat the Warriors like that's no really, really else. Yeah, there's no one else. Pretty much, like, yeah. Even game plan against, like, yeah, like that's that's just it. And I wouldn't look forward any, like, look past 
any other team because you, you any other Western is competitive. Every uh, yeah, every single team is, especially like in like come playoff times, like playoff time too. And I mean, they've matched up against the the Warriors a couple times this year and got the better of them. The one game they got blown out. One game they got blown out. It yeah. Was weird, just because. Like, it was the game I bet the over on when me and Nate were super. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Because they had, like, 65 points at halftime, which is... Oh, yeah, they were eating. Yeah. Yeah. But then the Warriors had, like, 89. Yeah. So it's, like, their defense, obviously... That's the thing. Their defense is... They have to improve on their defense. I think they have offensive guards that they just need to get maybe, like, someone who's better at defense, which Barton might help with. Because I know he's kind of, like, a long athletic, like, uh, forward slash two, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah, they might have... Tr- see, that's the thing, because, like, you guys are saying they're like, I feel like I could see them being playoff contenders, or Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl, <laughs> right? uh, like, championship contenders, yeah. but then at the same time, like, I'm not really sure, because, like, going towards the end of a game, I don't know who I would give the ball to if I was them, because I don't know how aggressive Jokic is as an offensive player, and that's mm. what I was also going to say, like, as, like, a free agent, like, if you're going in, you don't have to worry about... um not getting like, like taking shots. shots away right. from Jokic because mm-hmm. of how unselfish good the chemistry is, is and yeah. like how good they're like they're looking to pass they're looking for the best shot they're not looking for like isolation every yeah. possession you know? yeah absolutely like they play well together but I don't know see I'm not sure how I could see them like if if Jamal Murray turns into a top twenty player mm-hmm. then yes I can see them but. I think they really need their development to, like, click. Like, like I think they need to become, like, budding stars for them to, like, potentially win a championship. Just because I think, like, if the Sixers went against them, like, I would, I think we dominate them every time just because, like, Embiid dominates Jokic. Like, Jokic can't really do anything against Embiid. And yeah, so stronger kinda, stronger players uh, get to Jokic. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, even though they have, like, the guards, which we're not super guard-heavy, like, I still think, like, we're better than the Nuggets in my head. But I don't know if that's a bias, but, like, I don't know. I just feel like every time... Like, I remember last year, we just destroyed them. And So, my thing is, is, like, their bench is insanely deep, mm-hmm. and I really like that, and our bench is just flat. Mm. It's nothing. There's nothing. There. Exactly. So, that's where I think they could beat us, especially, like... so. On like a, a night, I think we can dominate them. I think we just. But if we play them, them if we play them in a series with what we have now, I think the wear and the wear and tear on Embiid throughout a series of him having to play 38 minutes because there's no one to back him. He has to play, cover Jokic the whole no backup, and when they when he goes out, the team goes down a lot. Right, right. So in a so like say the Sixers and the Nuggets met up in the NBA Finals this year, I think I wouldn't be. To, like, uh, I would be really confident, honestly. Just I see, I wouldn't be because just because of how deep they are and how much we like how I know Embiid's like series wear and tear has turned out in the past. It also has a lot to do with like, I, have we played the Nuggets yet this season? I don't believe so. No, but I think we play them on Friday or Saturday because I know our next two mm-hmm. games are against the Nuggets and the Lakers, and I'm just not sure the order. And so I just need to see how we play against them this year because if it was the last year's Nuggets, obviously yeah, we play them Saturday. No, they're not. They're not even close yeah. to the same. They yeah. went from the nine seed to the one seed this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. Cause I think they've definitely. Uh, I think recently they've kind of taken a little bit of a step back. Not not the biggest step back, but like. Yeah. No, they lost the Jazz lost last games. night. Yeah. Like I don't. And they lost. They're. They're. I mean. 
so they're like any other team. Like they they lost to the Suns. That shouldn't happen. But you know, like some some teams. Ran, yeah, like we lost just, to the Cavaliers. Exactly. Then they then they beat the Trailblazers. Then they lost to the Warriors. They they're one on one against the Warriors this year. Yeah, they didn't they beat up on them the first time. They only won by two. Okay. The Nuggets, they um, but like beating the, beat the Bulls, is hard, so mm-hmm. beat like the Cavs. Yeah, no, a two point win against the Warriors is like a ten point win against anyone else. Yeah, facts. Like it's just not. I agree. They've they've owned the the Thunder this year as well. I think they're two and zero against them. Um, they lost to the Jazz last night, but they're catching the Jazz. They just caught the Jazz at their worst, per, like the worst right, possible time. Like right. Mitchell is when they're hitting his stride, like in yeah. like re- very. Very well, like yeah. he's going up in everything. Like yeah. he went from twenty point one in the beginning of His December to twenty. Are really good in the past twenty. Yeah, he's shooting forty five percent now. I think. Yeah. Mm. But uh, one thing I actually wanted to say, I saw it on YouTube uh, on uh, on Twitter. Um, one thing I actually really really like to see out of Jokic, which was like like when I think of Jokic, I kind of think of like a softer center, like kind of like the finesse kind of player. But then yesterday, uh, Jay Crowder like shoved him, and he got right in his face. And Jay Crowder like turned away, and like mm-hmm. like usually Jay Crowder is the guy who like starts the fight, yeah. so, like kind of like well, start shoving matches. But Jokic like actually like shut him up, and it was like a cool feeling because like that's not who I thought Jokic was. Yeah, the one thing about Jokic is he is that finesse center. He's not he's not gonna play strong body. I mean, he's he's not he doesn't even play very good defense. Like he he shies away from the defensive yeah. side of the ball, but. Those European players have like that edge to them yeah, to where yeah, like right. don't get in my face because like I might fucking stab you right <laughs> on this court. Yeah. <laughs> like I have a knife in my left. Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, like you don't know what I've been through. Like I sat outside in the snow for 13 hours because my parents forgot about me. Type type <laughs> shit. Like that's how those Europeans are. I feel. Facts. Like they just have that 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 edge that American players don't. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like Dario has it, like that hard nose. No, I'm gonna, 100%. I'm gonna battle inside, and no one's gonna like, not stop me. But I'm gonna give it my all, yeah. and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you work for as yeah. hard as I am, if not harder, to get to this ball. Right. That's how I feel. Jokic is too. Like if you're gonna, if you're gonna win, you're gonna have to outwork him, and you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to show him something before. And if you try getting in his face, he's gonna, he's gonna get in your face too, because that's just the type of play, like person he is. And I, yeah. I like. A lot of people don't like how Jokic like carries himself because like he is like that European type player where it's like I'm the shit and no one can like tell me otherwise. Right. But like I feel like as a leader you kind of need that sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah. I agree with that. To lead by example and to show like yeah we're not afraid of anyone like me I'm not and neither is my team. Right. Like I I like that that little edge that he has. Um. I mean I guess really to end this segment, do you think they're Championship contenders this year. After saying all we did, I mean, if, if they end the season as the two seed, then yes, I hundred percent think they do. But if, if they end up tailing off and fall to like maybe five, then I think they still have a couple years to develop. Like maybe like next year, if they like, I just think if they're like a top two seed or so, like I think they really can do it because I think because then they showed throughout the whole year yeah, that they like, could compete with the best teams. Yeah, I just want to see no, hundred percent. I, I agree just want to see them stay one. consistent the whole year because like we saw the Clippers as number one and now they're falling down pretty far. Right. Yeah. I thought they were gonna stay pretty consistent, but they haven't been the best. Um, but I, I, they're they're one of the better. The thing about them is they're one of the better like defensive teams in the league. They're actually number six this year in opponents' points per game. Which is kind of like that's really weird. It's kind of weird because your anchor isn't a great defensive player, right? But then you got like good, good um, perimeter defense, 
like Juan Hernan Gomez, like I said, uh, I don't know if I said this actually, holds shooters the third under 33% from three. And he gets, I think, about around four and a half threes shot on him per game. Hmm. So, I mean, that's a that's yeah. a pretty good. Yeah. Now, he's, he also plays power forward, so he's covering that stretch four. Right. When he has to cover the stretch four, he's good at it. But if you have to. If you're a bigger player on Hernan Gomez, because he's smaller, he's yeah. a smaller power forward. You're gonna dominate him down low. Yeah, that's just. That's, there's not a lot of those in the league anymore. No, no, Ex- exactly, exactly. That's why we start Wilson Chandler at the four because we don't like we only go against the Spurs once a year or twice a year, whatever. Yeah, like, LA is like the only really big body four anymore. Yep, and they they're also one of the best passing teams in the league yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. I think they're top. They're around top three, I think. They're also one of the top ten offensive rebounds per games, and I mean their assisted turnover ratio is uh, is either one or two. Yeah, uh, it's actually number two. Yeah. Jeez. So, of they're they're in the top, they're in the top ten for basically and every most important categories. Everything except for fast break points per game. But that's not their offensive. No, no, and points per game too. They're not a fast. They they don't get out on the break as much. They like they like slowing it down, getting it to Jokic in the post and. And really re- revolving their offense around that, yeah. which I, I really enjoyed watching. And they, they, I mean, their defense is one of the top half of the NBA defensive teams too. So I mean, surprisingly, yeah, they, they're really, I mean, they're really good. They, they, they really start off like the game. They start off the game fast, and then like they like to start the game fast. And they get that like lead going into the second half, and then that's when they they yeah. ramp their defense up in yeah. the second half of the game, because like right here, first quarter, first quarter points per games, they're number six in that. They're twelfth. They're twelfth in second quarter points per game, seventeenth in third, and twenty second in fourth. Now in defensive defensively, they're number nine in points per game in the first quarter, number eleven in the second, number five in the third, and number. One and fourth po- fourth, wow. fourth quarter mm. points per game. So I mean, it really shows like how their defense. And I, I know I don't like to live off stats, and you really have to watch it for yourself. But their defense really ramps Improves up in the, in the second, second half. half. Yeah, and that's when you like need you really you really need to to close out games. Right, right, right. Just hearing you say that, I was thinking of the Sixers. They have a really great first half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They ramp up the defense in the second. It's just it just doesn't happen. The, the, the Sixers are like the opposite. Their defense is like insane in the first yeah. half, and then in the second half, it's just like, oh, you're open for a three every time. Yeah. Yeah, you're up 16. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in in my opinion, I think, I think they... I don't like how everyone thinks the Warriors are definitely going to the, the finals. Like, I think we've said this before on the podcast. Yeah. So I'm not going to get into it. I think there's always... In in sports, there's always room for a team to Take upset over. another team. Like like you've seen it with like the um, the Nuggets, where the, when they were the number eight seed and took down the SuperSonics in 1993, 94, mm-hmm. and there was the like one of the only number eight seed against the number one seeds. The and Warriors I mean, against the Mavericks. Warriors against the Mavericks. Like, that's older than me. <laughs> <laughs> The Warriors, yeah, Nate brought up another perfect one. The Warriors against the Mavericks when Baron Davis was in, was on the team and mm-hmm. they took down Dirk Nowitzki's number one overall team in the West. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know it's a different monster, but I hate saying that there's no way. Like, are we going to go down every single team and say, no, they're not they're not a contender because of the Warriors? Yeah. I don't like doing that. I, I think the 
the Nuggets are actually championship contenders, and I think if they yeah. keep improving how they are now, and even getting, we didn't even touch on getting Will, we barely touched on getting Will Barton back, and right. we didn't even touch on how Isaiah Thomas might that's come back. Yeah, correct, that's right another one. Yeah. About that yesterday. yeah. So and like, geez, if he comes with a with a chip on his shoulder, I mean, you have five, you're five guards deep. That's I mean, what do you do there when you're five guards deep? Yeah. And this is where Isaiah Thomas loves to play. I mean, six man. Right. Yeah. And I don't think he'll get that those types of minutes right off the bat. But when you put Isaiah Thomas as a six man, he's like that all star Isaiah yeah, Thomas yeah, yeah. again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I'm really interested. They have a lot going for him, and I I, I wasn't a huge Jokic fan, and he's really. He's really turned me around this year on him. I think I think the media does a the media really makes you dislike players and I, I try to I try to tone that out because you see just like like Bleacher Report starting starting to become like Luka Doncic report. Mm-hmm. Like create like crazily. Like like we love Luka over here and we talk about him a lot, but Jesus Christ, Bleacher Report is tweeting about like what he ate for lunch. Like <laughs> Like it's the same thing with like any great player. They're gonna get hyped up, right? And it's gonna be like ah. I mean, it's gonna make you not like. They're them. comparing them to greats, and it's like ah, get out of here. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I mean, I think they're a championship contender. Mm-hmm. Do you believe they're a championship yeah, 100%, contender? Yeah, one hundred percent. Like their depth, their talent all around. Like they could keep up with like any team in the West. It's just all about like you said, keeping up the Warriors, mm-hmm. and it's obviously possible because they've beaten them this year. So yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's going to be and hard. And they're only gaining more back. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. No. But they definitely have the talent. They have the depth. I mean. The only thing that will set them back is an injury. Right. To, like, one of their better players. Right, correct. Right, right, right. No, in I agree. In my opinion. What about you, Steve? I haven't watched a single Nuggets game all year. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he's our producer. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right, well. What about Chris? What did Chris say? Chris said they Chris, were. yeah. I think they... If if they say if they, stay, yeah. if they finish oh, hot, yeah, stay at they, the top. Stay. Like you think top three seed? Yeah, I think if they finish a top three seed, then they're definitely contender. I just like consistency is something that um, the NBA you need to like be like you need to be consistent to like make it throughout the rest of the year and like. Absolutely. Um, well, one last thing. One last thing, actually. Whoa, one last thing. Whoa. We forgot. Yes, Chris's 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 thing that he brought to this. The the underrated player. <laughs> Incorporates. We're gonna talk about their. Mo- I mean, we kind of hit on it, but I have mine. I don't know if you want to talk about Jamal Murray. I'll talk about Jamal. Murray. All right, I'll talk about Monte <laughs> Morris. Uh, Monte Morris. I mean, he's a second year, second year. Um, is he from uh, Iowa State? Player. I th- I think he was from Iowa State. I'm. Let me let me double check just so I'm not giving out false information over on this side we don't we don't like doing that yeah yep Iowa State mm-hmm. so he's in his Monte Morris is in his second year of basketball and of basketball of the NBA and I mean this is a guy that was drafted in the second round the 51st overall pick I remember he was good in college but yeah yeah that Iowa State team was good yeah mm-hmm. I enjoyed watching them and and like uh, they played th- he played three games last year eight minutes a game didn't really get any any run time like and when he did he shot really efficiently which is why I think they they gave him a bigger role this this season yeah. and I mean he's really like I said is really taking that opportunity and, and ran with it mm-hmm. I mean he's playing 24 minutes a game he's shooting 47 percent 44 from three jeez and, and his efficiency field goal is 50 field goal percentage is 55 percent so 
he's really taken a huge leap. He's a great playmaker. His assist to turnover ratio is four to one, which is really yeah. it's incredible. How and many minutes per game does he get? Twenty four. Wow. And he's scoring ten points off the bench. I mean, he's really been a a, a, real, a staple of their offense and yeah. not, hasn't been talked about as much because he's not crazy flashy. He's not he's not he's not the Jokic or the Murray or the Harris of the of the team. Right. But he really keeps that secondary group together. Right, right, and right. Even like the team too. So I, I really enjoy Monty Morris and what he's done and what he's brought to the table so far this year. He's came out of nowhere and proved that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Get into it then. All right. Um, yeah, so I've honestly really loved Jamal Murray since the draft just because um, I think he – like, I don't know. I just remember him in college on Kentucky, and he was really, really good. He was. Because I, I know just as a Sixers fan, you kind of fall in love with hmm. a lot of young players just because – we were so worried about the draft for so many yeah, years again. to where, like, you get juiced up on all these young players because you're constantly looking up mock drafts and looking up, like... Watching tapes. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, we, you become, like, a GM. Just he was in the same draft class. Not to cut you off. He was in the same draft class as, like, Russell, um, yes. Okafor, and Cat, yes. right? Yes. What was he taking, fifth? I think it was... I'm not sure. I'll, let me look at... Um, I actually have it right here. I think I think he was either fifth or sixth because Przingis was fourth. I feel like, hold on, I need to look it up. So, Steve, you might have to edit this part out, my man. <laughs> that Kentucky team was wild. That Kentucky yeah, that team. team. Yeah, we don't have to cut it out. That Kentucky team was wild. I mean, you had. Was Devin Booker in that draft class, too? Or no? I think he played with the Morris or Harrisons, right? Or no? I don't remember. He was picked number seven, so you're right about that. Seven? Yes. I think I. So, what? Was Hazoni in that draft class? No? I don't know. Go ahead, keep going. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting you. I'm getting you off track. Yeah, no, it's all right. But um, like I think he's just. Be, I think he's gonna become like a player who could. Like I can see him becoming like a player who can average like 23 to 25 points per game. Just because if you look at every year, it's going up like two to three points. Like he's at 19. He's at like 18.6 right now, which is absolutely only a point, like 1.1 1. 1 under Jokic. Yeah. And like it's like usually when you think of, like when you if you think of the Nuggets, most people think of Jokic, and he's like their best player, obviously. But like that's why I think it's kind of underrated by Jamal Murray because he's averaging 19 points for his game, but nobody's talking about him. Like he's one of the young up and coming guards who can really become like on like the level I think he can be on the same level as like Damian Lillard or something like that because he's putting up very similar numbers and like I think he has a similar like play style absolutely and so I think like if he becomes a player who's on the caliber of let's say like Lillard obviously Kyrie's like going off this season but if he's on like a similar level where he's putting up 25 points per game then that team's gonna be scary for years to go yeah and he's only 21 years old Yeah. yeah he's so it's his third year in the league and oh, he's taking up. huge strides in every single one of his. Yeah, like he's not the best defender. Like he's averaging nah. less than a steal a game and less than a block a game. Um, but like his assist numbers have gone up by one and a half every year. And then his rebound numbers are going up by one every yeah. year. Like they don't talk about his all aroundness too. Like yeah. he's he's one of the better all around point guards too. I mean, he's I think he's almost averaging like around five assists and five rebounds a game this year. It's five assists and four point four rebounds. Yeah, so it's like. But his free throw shooting is going down this year, but like most of his shooting is. But like, yeah, like he's twenty one years old. When it comes with, yeah, years. but when it comes with more, when you're getting more shots and more yeah. playing time, and you're relied on more, yet you want to see pro- like his shooting percentages go up. But if they're staying around the same, which yeah. they are, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like point one off maybe. 
like free throws. It went in from eighty eight percent to ninety percent. He's at eighty three point four this year. So. Yeah, and eighty four percent. But if you if you and yeah, and if you look, it's really like point six off or something like that. Not nothing crazy. Like like he's just getting to the line a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just I really love him. Um, just because like like I said before, like we needed guards for years for the Sixers, and so every single year mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I love that guard. I love that guard. That's why I love De'Aaron Fox. That's why I love yeah. him. Like and like. I don't know. I just think he has the, like it's. We always see people who are like young and say they average 19 points per game, but they're on like a team like the Knicks or like the, Bulls. the Hawks or the Bulls, where they're not like where it's like, all right, they're putting up 20 mm-hmm. points per game, but we put them on a good team, they're doing nothing. Well, this team's fighting for the number one seed right now, and he's a key part of it. And yeah, like yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's crazy. Like, I don't know, like because. I if you put him in the East, he's most likely making the All Star game. Yeah, like probably, and that's like. I don't know. I think people don't think of him enough, and he could, he's like pretty much like a top ten point guard right now. And I don't know. I, d- I need to look at the names, but like obviously, there's no way he's touching top five just yeah. because. Yeah. Of the people when there, I think of Jamal Murray, I think of more of a like a combo guard. Yeah, like a two. Yeah. Like not even a two. Like I just think he has the passing ability to be a point guard, but he also has the spot up ability to be a shooting guard, yeah. and just he just has everything you want. And I mean, in this like era of basketball where positionless basketball like these combo guards are like what people want like yeah, the ability to drive ball, inside ball. the ability to play off ball to spot up create his own shot I mean he's like the perfect he's like the perfect player for this team right yeah. and the same thing with exactly. Gary Harris too like you always need that one guy that's just a spot up shooter a 3 and D type player which Gary Harris is so yeah I think uh, like I said I think this team's a, um, really going to be a competitor for the championship I'm really excited to see them Going along further in the year, and I mean, I think we did a pretty good job on this on this overview. Yeah, I agree. The first month. I'm into it. Yeah, they they made some good plays this off season because they let Wilson, they traded Wilson Chandler. Yeah, and so they kind of just brought the youth in mm-hmm. and let the veterans go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what you need to do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. it's weird because if you think of like championship teams, you think of teams that are young and then have their veteran veteran leadership. They're That's only what veterans really. Paul, Paul Millsap, exactly. Yeah. Which is like weird because. That's like, how. That's kind of how the Sixers are too with like Braddock. You know what I mean? And yeah. now they have Chandler. We have Chandler. We have um, now Corey Brewer. Yeah, now Corey Brewer. Well, like, but like like this. Uh, yeah. Oh God. Mike Muscala. Yeah. Now like you know, like, like Mike this Muscala. right after uh, like around the trade deadline, we expect to bring in like another somewhat veteran. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's exciting. We'll I see. I li- the league's kind of cool right now. They have a really good coach too. The Nuggets. We didn't really touch on that. Mike Mullen's a good coach. Yeah. He's getting it done. Yeah. All right. Well, that was another great episode of the podcast. Come back next week with another overview on the team. Maybe in Eastern Conference. Well, maybe we'll bounce from Western uh, yeah. Eastern. I like that. Western Eastern. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. All right. Well, see you guys. Bye-bye. Peace. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you guys in the next one.